0: Thank you for your time. Pleasure. I just want to start off by asking, can I ask for your full name and your date of birth, please? Joel Francis Bowden, 21st of June 1978. I'm surprised your middle name's not Michael or something like that. Sean Michael Bowden. Right, First, here we go. The first boy is Sean Michael Bowden, and there's Patrick Michael. Bowden. No. And now Sean's first boy <laughs> is Michael Bowden. <laughs> uh, perhaps my one of my children will have to be something Michael Bowden. I think so. See, <laughs> <laughs> so being the fourth son. that out. Being the first uh, son he copped at, being the fourth son, yep. I was free to get Joel. Francis which is after my uncle yep so um can i ask what do you know about your father's career well a lot actually because his career spanned many decades he finished playing football when he was 49 years old in the reserves for Rovers Football Club in Alice Springs right. in 1996. He was still playing 10 years ago. He just turned 60, and he, he was still playing up to his 50th birthday. Right. So I, I witnessed a lot of his career. Your <laughs> later career. I didn't witness any of his VFL career, right. or VFA career, and that was obviously the important parts of his football career. Did you watch any of the premierships for Richmond? We've we've watched, we have watched them, and for Mum and Dad's, one of their wedding anniversaries, we -hmm. we hired a big screen and we watched it, because I think it was their 25th wedding anniversary. Mum and Dad were married in 69. okay, And uh, Dad played in the premiership in 69, so it was sort of a bit of a symbolic gesture by mum recognising that dad had played footy yeah 25 years later i think it was their 25th anniversary and we got a big tv which was probably at the time 50 centimeters you know it was was huge huge, (laughs) because we were we'd been living off a 30 28 30 centimeter tv and we all sat around and watched it but we've watched it a few times since um it's pretty ordinary football. I was about to say, what are your thoughts? Uh, the kicking wasn't the greatest? No, dad can't not dad no, dad can't kick. He tried to kick torpedoes. <laughs> and oh, <laughs> torpedoes are just terrible to, to try and kick. Some of the drop There it is. It's the only one. That's, that's On video, sir. On video. Um <laughs> uh, Contrary to what a lot of well, a lot of people say, that my old man couldn't kick. But he tried. What I've seen of him playing for Richmond is he tried to kick torpedoes. Yeah. He can't kick torpedoes consistently. Yeah. When I was growing up, he kicked the perfect drop punt, right? and he used to well, being a fairly big man, he used to play in the forward pocket, big compared to. Little whippets who run around in the reserve grade of the Alice Springs competition. So he'd play in the forward pocket and he wouldn't Ooh. get further than 30 metres out from goal and he'd take a mark and he'd turn around and he'd generally kick straight with a drop punt. Sounds like Jack Titus. That was his plump ploy. Don't, Don't get, get, to get too far out. Yeah. Fun. Exactly. He knew, he he knew he what was his limitations were. If you're kicking from the, from the uh, well, if you're kicking from straight in front yeah. and 30 metres oh. out, you shouldn't miss too many. Do you have yeah. a nickname? for me mm-hmm. someone asked me that today and not really yeah. it is so, um who asked me today someone asked. Oh someone told me you're this stuff. No. i get called joel a lot which is unusual at a football club well yeah this and that i've yeah, a few nicknames but they never really stuck because yeah normally you call your teammates yeah he, was yeah, his name or something like he that. changed his name. Yeah, apparently. Um but I, I, I get called I get called <laughs> Bowdo a bit. Yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> sound, sound got a ring to it. No. But... Or they've shortened it again a bit to just Bowd. Mm-hmm. And even then it's not you know, it's not like Bugsy or K B yeah. or um, E or Disco. Yeah. But I've I've just got <laughs> Joel. A lot of the time. What have you found? Um Jeff Geeshan, in his in his wisdom, tried to implement a JOLO, That's right. which was everybody was O's. Yeah, and a lot of people laughed at that one. Yep. So it was almost a a cynical nickname where they were laughing at me. Yeah. I think that might have put your nicknames back if you used that one. Yeah. So they oh, said, just... oh shivers. Um, so you're not not many. I I have a a nickname from my infant days growing up with my family right. and um, one of them was that I was st- this what well, was stallion because I was a wild little child <laughs> and uh, I think now, and now I can't remember these details but someone tells the right. story that I I once kicked someone so they called me a, a, a little horse that i was a bit crazy a wild stallion and then when we lived out bush in south australia in unabella um somehow that's, I, I don't know how um uh, but i got called <laughs> you sure? i got called by my family and it still sticks kuna moral which kuna this will this will probably be a first for your uh, oral history but Kuna in Pittenjara means shit. Right. So I was being a little Kuna, you know, stop being a little Kuna. And then somehow they added Kuna Maru to it, which Maru means black. So now I am Kuna Maru to my family regularly, which means black shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's what all the other nickname answers are out of the door in the nine years I've done it. No one tops that. No. (laughs) <laughs> I'll call you Joel just to be a how did you get to Richmond? Um, drive <laughs> no uh, I got to Richmond fortuitously in my opinion I was in the wrong place which was Alice Springs for right. football but I was Recognised because of my father, mm-hmm. the name resonated, and because I was in Alice Springs and the population of the Northern Territory is oh, 80 to 100,000 at that stage, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I was able to get into representative sides, okay. and I played in four Northern Territory representative football teams at national carnivals, which put you in the eyes of the recruiting agents and out of those four carnivals that I went to, I had one good carnival, in my in my opinion. Um, and that gave them reason to think I was okay. Yeah. At the time in 95, I had a back injury. I had stress fractures in my back from playing cricket, you know, bowling all day. At school, then going and sitting down, and then after school playing cricket forever, and, you know, and thinking that I was the fastest bowler, and having competitions who could bowl as fast. Um, I had a really bad back, and I think I was lucky because the father-son rule back then yeah. meant the club didn't have to use draft picks. Okay. Didn't have to sacrifice a first or second, or I think now they're talking about it's a bidding. That's right. A bidding war where if, if If we want X and um, some other clubs happy to give up their number one draft pick for him, well then we have to give up our number one draft pick. So I was fortunate that I was able to go to carnivals, four of them, play one good carnival where I made the All-Australian team, and then Richmond said, well we'll take a punt on this guy. At that stage we had seniors reserves, list. there were probably 50 guys at the club you know training and playing together and i was just another one in that sense i i feel like i was i was lucky because what i've seen now and what you know the stories you hear so many guys have the talent or had the ability but they never got the opportunity and a lot of guys who you think and I've seen it happen originally you don't think you've got the talent I've looked at a few guys and seriously gone I don't know how these guys are going to get out of the reserves they get the opportunity and they become great players because they're given a chance and all of a sudden they just shine a good example was Dean Polo last year I, I used to watch him and I used to think he hasn't got anything that's exceptional you know he's not six foot five he's not lightning fast he doesn't kick 70 meters on his right foot or something like that I was I was thinking you know how's he gonna break into the side well not only did he break into the side he's become a permanent yeah. member of the team since so you have to relocate from Ellsbury, did you in Ellsbury yeah I was I was just finishing year 12 so is it tough for you to relocate you know yes and no. I would always I'd always known that I was coming to Melbourne, Um, my brothers were here, Mm -hmm. and that was the next step for me from finishing school, was to move to Melbourne and go to uni, Mm -hmm. and depending on where I was playing footy would be depending on, well, how much work I did basically at uni. (laughs) If I was at Richmond, well, you know, that was all well and good. for me, I, I knew I was coming, but it was hard to leave. Mum and Dad gave me a shove, which was nice. Um, they said, look, go. <laughs> like, but when I moved down to Melbourne, I moved just over to North Fitzroy, which is not mm-hmm. far from here, which is why I live in this area now, because this is the first place I, I came to. But I was sleeping on the land room floor at my brother's place. Not while you were playing for the Richmond at the same time. When I first arrived, yeah. No, I wasn't actually playing. This is you know the first two months. I was on the lounge room floor on a mattress, um, and, and uh, feedback. yeah, that was that was the way that was the way we started. Then um, I, I loved every minute of it. I still you know I still love every minute of it. I can't believe that this is my twelfth season. Mm. You know when I first came down, um, I thought, geez, how good's this. Just to train. Just to go to training and run around with Matty Knights, who, who I'd known from Mildura when we lived in Mildura before we went to Alice Springs. I just thought this was the best thing ever. And now I'm still doing it. Growing up the way that you did, how did that shape the person that you are now? Well, I think everyone's shaped by the experiences that they've had. And I'm lucky enough to have traveled around a bit a sense of we lived in Mildura, we lived in the outback of yeah. South Australia, we lived in Alice Springs. I've been down here and, and I've had different experiences to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore it's shaped me. But I think the main influence on my life has been my family mm-hmm. and the strong family links that we have. Just yesterday we were talking to some friends while we took the dog for a walk. and, and one of our friends was suggesting that she was happy that she had girls because we've had a, a girl because the girls stay at home where the boys you know later on in life they drift off and they do what they want to do and, and generally go to the female their females or their wife's families more because the girls need to be at home whereas for our family all the boys get together all the time you know christmas is a tradition for us that we get together yeah. and it's it doesn't happen every year but last year I think we were all together, 24 of us, you know, five boys, all their partners, all their kids, mum and dad, Katie's parents were there, um, we're very fortunate and my mother, especially and my father, were very good parents and brought us up in the manner that they did and therefore that's shaped the way I am. And in- and when you were in Alice Springs, you were playing against, who would you play against when you were playing for me? Oh, uh, initially, when I was, when I was 12, yeah. I think it was 12, I had to play under-17s football, because yeah. of 12. when I was 12, the competition in, uh, in Alice was not very well organised, yeah. um, so I had to play under-17s. Which I did, and I played, you know, in the forward pocket. and Just sat down there, and I remember one day I got a, I got a goal from wow. a, from a kick-in. I was, you know, standing there. The kick was about. It, I took a mark. I turned, and that was big. Um, but Dad, who was a teacher at, um, at my school, when, when I was playing, I think I was in Year Seven, yeah. playing under 17s football, yeah. and he said, "Look, this is terrible." I'm, you know, we need to do something. And there were five, five schools, secondary schools in Alice Springs. So he organised a schools competition where you'd have Year 7 and 8s and Year 9s and 10s and they'd play on a Thursday afternoon. So basically that came in the next year and I started playing school footy. And then the, the competition football, which was, uh, there were five teams, went from under-17s to under-18s. So I kept playing that anyway. <laughs> so I'd play on Thursday and I'd play Saturday mornings. And that was I didn't care, I just wanted to play. That was the way it was. And it and you were playing with and all and against a lot of the indigenous children yeah, up there? Yeah, certainly. Um, our team in the under eighteens, for the school footy not so Oh yeah, probably. Actually, when I think about it. a lot of a lot of Aboriginal guys were play. but then our team under eighteen yeah. wasn't a very well organised team in the sense that we didn't have enough players a lot of the time. So one of the ways to organise a full team each week was to speak to Yurara College, which was the boarding school for Indigenous um, Indigenous kids, and they'd bring in. 10 or 15, you know, organised to bring in 10 or 15 kids yeah. from the, the school about 10, just about 10 k's out of town. They'd come in and yeah. they'd, we'd play footy together. And it was great. I don't know if you remember that in, in March of 2005, if we're going back now, geez, not as far back as i um, Richmond played a match-up in Ellis Springs. Yeah. And yeah. you, along with Darren Gaspar raybould and Nathan Brown, Went to I think some Aboriginal camps in the area. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I read a report in the paper where they were saying that those players in particular were quite amazed at the state of, of the Aboriginal camps. <laughs> yeah. yeah I remember. Was it something that you said? Let's. I want you to. I want you to see this. Or was it something that was part of the, co- um, the, the, the? The. Well, Katie's parents live up there. Yeah. So I borrowed their car. Yeah. And we we went for a drive, and I just said, I think I said, look, I'll just touch. I had some tickets. I'd organised some tickets, and I wanted to give some tickets to some to some friends of ours. And I didn't know where they were. I thought I'll just go. I'll just go to this place called um, Charles Creek, which is it was, it's on the fringe of the, the town, but it's a separate community of such where the government has built um, eight eight to ten houses. A number of families live there. And you need a permit to enter there unless you're a friend or, or a, you know, someone they know, you know. So I said, well, stuff it, I'll just go there. So I, I drove in and, and I pulled up and I went over and, I, and there was actually a guy that I went to school with. Right. He was there and I, I know that his family has lived there for years. And I went over and said, g'day. And he sort of recognised me after a minute or two. I said, look, we're in town to play footy. Um, I've got some tickets here you go, you know, come, come and watch the footy. Because even if the tickets were $10 or $5 each, they wouldn't have had enough money to afford to go. And, oh, you know, thanks. How you going? Yeah, good, that was about it, you know. A few minutes, on the way out, saw um, this fella's sister mm. and said hello, look, I've given some tickets to, to your brother, come and watch the footy. And the guys were in the car, and it wasn't a long time, mm. but, when I explained sort of how it was set up, how many people would have been living in each house, possibly living, you know, between 20 and 30 at any given stage, a three bedroom house, um, they were quite, maybe not shocked because we didn't go in, but they were, they were sort of questioning how and why. Um, added to that is the state of Alice Springs, which is a lot of the time by dry, so it's dirt everywhere, which we're not used to. And then there were a lot. There was a lot of rubbish around. Yeah. Um, plus, in the town camps, because it's so hot in Alice Springs, because it doesn't rain much, a lot of people sleep outside. Right. Why would you sleep in a three-bedroom house when there's 20 people there when you can grab a mattress, throw it outside, and it? you know, during the summer it's going to get down to 15 or so overnight, well, that's fine. And yeah. so that was a bit of a, a culture shock yeah. in some regards. Yeah. And I, I, did I write about it? Or did someone no, else no, write about it? No, no, I don't think you wrote about it. I think it was uh, uh, an observer oh, okay. who was around at that game yeah. at some stage. Yeah. And I think a lot of your friends or a lot of people from the community then came and watched watched yeah they did and And then there was a there was a big group from the Arionga um community which is which is a fair way out of town probably 150 k's out of town the one the one that i went to with the guys was just it's what's called a town camp and that was you know right in the center of town just around sort of the back of it of a mountain um out of sight out of mind but they'd come in, you know, organised their transport vehicle, whatever it was. Uh, come in, made some posters and that, and I'd actually been out to Arionga with Patrick a few years before, mm-hmm. and been to the school and spoken to the kids, and, and they loved it. Yeah. And the fact that we won was even better. Mm. Like we, I think we beat Freo by a point or two, and it was, um, it was great. I just, I just loved it, you know. And, after the game, all they wanted was just to say hello. Mm-hmm. You know, just wave and say hello, and, and I recognized a few people, and and they just love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, for them to come from Arionga into town and watch a game of AFL, would probably be something like me and you going to Athens to watch the Olympics. Yeah. I, I, I would think that going to the Olympics would be a huge event in my life. If, if I went to the London yeah. Olympics in, is it 2012? Okay. That would be, for me, a, a huge event. Now that's that's the magnitude that these people would be on. Jeez. To comprehend that is is very difficult. They're living in fourth world condition. To have 20 people in this house, I would go mad. You know, when my family come to visit and they fill up the bedrooms and their kids are running, I would go mad after a couple of hours. Imagine 20 people in here, mate. Yeah. And also, it starts raining. You can't go outside. <laughs> Crazy. Can I jump forward? What do you remember about your first game of football? Which one? Yeah, it was a very big event. I think for everything bar the game, because I, you know, everyone came down. Mum and dad, the family came down. Katie came down from Alice Springs. You know, it was it was huge. And then I sat on the bench <laughs> 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 till about Second. five minutes before the before halftime, right? Um, and I went on, and I probably five minutes. And the first ball I went for went through my legs. Mm-hmm. It was a you know scrubby ball. where it at Princess bar, scrubby ball through the centre, just inside the centre square, center square. It went through my legs. You know, missed it. Yeah, and then. Just before halftime, similar position, just on the half-forward flank area, I've got a handball. Yeah. Oh, yes. right. okay. Half-time, yeah, no, I just wanted a touch. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly wanted a kick. <laughs> Mainly wanted a kick, but a touch will do. Yeah. And then my first possession was late. I was back on the bench after half halftime. Yeah. Came on with 10 minutes to go in the final quarter. And my, I think I got another handball, and then... Back, back in 1996, it was quite rare, rare, there was a deliberate out-of-bounds, and that was my first kick. From a deliberate out-of-bounds? A deliberate out-of-bounds on the northern wing, yeah. down near the Carlton Social Club, probably about 65 metres out, so no chance of you know impacting the ball. It's taken a long time to get me the ball. So everyone's down there, I thought, what do I do here? (laughs) This is good, this is good. So I just sort of took a few steps and kicked it long, and I think Brendan Garham tried to mark it, and Richo might have jumped into his back and tried to take a specky (laughs) on him. (laughs) And it came down, and that's about it. And the Um, whole family came down and watched you? It all came down, it was great afterwards, we had dinner, and um, it was fabulous. From your first season to now, what's changed? Joel well, now I start on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> There's no <laughs> deliberate out-of-bounds anymore, really? Well... It depends uh, on how the rule interprets. Yeah. There are so that's another. They're more deliberate out-of-bounds. There's a lot more umpiring decisions. We, we play a possession game a lot more. Yeah. When I first started, a lot of us still kick it long. You know, get it. Robert Walls, in his first year, I remember he came out and he said, look, put it on the board, QLD. And he says, it's not because I've just come from Queensland. It's because I want to play quick, long, direct. Yeah. That's how we want to play. Now, we, you know, it's more tactical. Don't give the ball back to them. Yeah. You know, time in possession is a lot of the thing. You know, if we've got it more than them, they can't score, all these sort of things. And it's faster. A lot faster. Has anything changed for you personally? Oh, Huge as a player. <laughs> well, first of all, I started on the half forward flank. Yep, and right. then I went to the back flank. Um, in ninety, in ninety six, I was you a know, half forward flanker and played the last five games of the year as a half forward flanker. And then ninety seven, I went to. We well, started the year on a half back flank, and then I think it might have been after four or five rounds, Wolsey said, "Look, we need someone just." down in the forward line, he'll stay there. Can you do that for me? I said, what? He goes, just go and stay. Well, you're gonna play center half forward and just hang around there. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> you, you know, yes sir, no problem. <laughs> so I went down there and I, I played, pretty much played sort of, it was like a stay at home half forward because Richard was just playing everywhere across half forward. He'd lead up with the wings and he'd get back. Um, and he kicked 91 goals at year, so he, he certainly was everywhere. Um, no, that was 96, 97, he didn't kick 91, he, he. 96, he kicked 91, 91, yeah, in 96, 97, and he kicked, 97, he might, he might have kicked about 50 on, um, but he was roaming, you know, and, and he said to me, look, just stay at home. And that's all, just so that, you know, when we've got nothing else, we can kick it down and and contest and no problem. I said, okay, I'm 18 years old and you want me to play centre-half forward. (laughs) Okay. Um, But it it was okay. I did it for a couple of weeks. Now I got injured. I broke my collarbone and I missed 10 weeks. Came back later in the year. Wolsey had been sacked. Jeff Geeshen came in. I'm playing on the half-forward flank. Everything's going sort of here and there and then for the next couple of years I was just a half far forward flanker mm. trying to kick a couple of goals a week and, and whatever. Then 2000, I started to get fit. It took me a few years to get fit to you know learn how to train, to know that my body could actually run out of game. And I moved up onto the wing yeah. and stayed wing midfield for f- five years. And then, 2004, halfway through 2004, through match-ups and a few you know, other reasons, went to half-back again. Started playing half-back, getting a lot of the ball, um, and have been left there ever since. Yeah. But because of match-ups, injuries, and a few other things, have then been thrown to centre half-back on bigger blokes, um, and being marked by the press and by the coaching staff and the supporters better because when you s- see someone up against a bigger person and you do it all right, well, that's a job well done. Um, you know, if, if they kick the ball up to me and Richo, well, he's expected to mark it. That's right. You know, if I mark it, well, it's whoa, yeah. you know. <laughs> so I, I've had, you know, lots of changes, whereas, you know, a young guy just wanted to get a kick or just want to get a game, then just want to get a kick, yep. to just being a flanker, trying to kick a goal, to being a, a midfielder who was actually, who I got very fit there when I was in the midfield and you know, really worked and had to run and run and run during the game, to, to now playing on the, some of the best forwards. Yep. Already this year I've had Brendan Favola, yep. Anthony Rocca, um, Brad Johnson, out of five weeks, you know, there's three reasonable guys. One who's who was smaller than me, two who were bigger than me. You could be we we think that you're the only Richmond player ever win the best and fairest after playing in the reserves in the same year. What a honour. Well, we think maybe Stan Judkins did that in, in thirty three, but that's that's something that we'll have to look further oh, into. Okay. But nothing can Stan. <laughs> can I ask, what brought about you? being dropped to the reserves? Well, you'd have, to, uh, you'd have to ask the, the coach at the time and the and the coaching panel. Right. Because I honestly can't tell <laughs> you. Um, Okay. Were you playing okay for that season? I think, I don't even know what round I got dropped. I think I dropped round oh, six. I was about to say six. Yeah, I think I got dropped round six. That pre-season, I hadn't done the pre because I had a pubis, right. you know, the groin thing that it likes to get. So I hadn't done the pre-season. I'd done it just, a modif- you know, the, the modified pre-season. Um, hadn't run until after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So wasn't as fit as I um, would be having come off the pre and started round one on the bench and was building into the season against St Kilda three weeks before I was best on ground. Right. Then we played, who did we play? can't remember. But then we played Adelaide. And because of a couple of injuries, I was stationed at full forward. I think Adelaide beat us by 10 goals. The ball didn't come down very much. I kicked a goal. And we were under siege. And in times of adversity yeah things are done that's the way it always is but then you made it back to the seniors the very next week after you went down the reserve fortuitously yeah. in fact tim fleming oh, yes. was ruled out with a calf problem right. my good mate tim fleming late in the week right and i came in for him late in the week and we went to sydney mm-hmm. and we won and then the next week, Sydney, and then we came back the next week. Um, and I, yeah, I played. Ever, I played ever since then. Did you think you were a chance for the best and fairest medal at the end of the year, or was that something you do not think about? Uh, after the, the way it, my form, yeah. uh, after probably round seven, mm-hmm. round eight, nine, ten. Was very good, yeah. and by the end of the year, I, the round twenty-two I played on Barry Hall. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was a <laughs> what a, a very big change. You know, from <laughs> from playing full forward yeah. the week before I got okay, dropped yeah. to playing on Barry Hall at at basically centre half back yeah. um, was quite a change. But I played well on him that day. Yeah. He only kicked one or two, you know, which is good. (laughs) Um, And after the season was over and I reflected, I thought, well, yeah, I'm a chance. A few things went my way. Kane Johnson got injured late in the year. He missed the last four weeks with a knee injury. Um, Nathan Brown missed a number of weeks with, what do you have, a calf injury. He got um, a severe corking and he's got the biggest calves you've ever seen. And when when you get a corky, and then it's like a you know, whole body corky, <laughs> ruled him out for two weeks. And all in all, we hadn't had a great year. So I, I did. I thought I was a chance, um, which which was surprising. <laughs> and then you did the rare feat of winning back to back, which was interesting. Did you want to expand on that or not? Well, it was it was satisfying. Right. Because the year before, a lot of people had thought um, that it was an interesting way to win a best and fairest. Mm-hmm. And then the year after, I played predominantly in the back line and again played centre-half back on, a, on occasions, half back, mm. and was able to, to sh- sustain the... Con- Consistency required, and, yeah. and you've got to play good games. You don't, you know, you don't win best of first just playing average games. You've got to play consistently good, seven, eight out of ten games, and was able to do that in in order, and, and was able to win again, which only, was very, very, yeah, you know, very satisfying. I only have a few questions left. You'd be happy to know. That's all right. You've played how many games? You play at the moment. Two hundred and. 200 sixteen? Two hundred and sixteen. or well, maybe more, two eighteen? Two thirteen at the start I think. So five is two eighteen. But you've never been appointed Richmond captain? I've captain the team on three occasions. As acting captain acting captain. Two two wins, one loss. That's not too that's a pretty good ratio, percent. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do I didn't do maths in your child, but I'll take you with them. Point six, right, has it been surprising that you've never been appointed captain? Um, Is that something that, in the back of your mind, you've been surprised at? or? I'm not surprised, because... Because Richo's never been appointed captain either. No. And, and that, you've got two people who've been there over a decade. Yeah, and that's the way footy clubs work. Yeah. You know, leaders are leaders are appointed for, for um, other reasons than longevity. Mm-hmm. Um. And I would assume you exhibit a lot of leadership skills. Oh, I, I certainly do as, as much as I possibly can. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's a decision that, that wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the stage when Wayne Campbell um, relinquished the role, I, I, I did. I said, look, I'd love to captain the Richmond Football Club. It'd be a great honour and a career highlight. Um, however, in... In that instance, I was, you know, I wasn't given the opportunity. I am the deputy vice captain, um, which is which is a great honour for me. And I will continue, regardless of my designated title, you know, of whether it's captain, vice captain, or just old fella in the team, you know. <laughs> in a few years' time, I will continue to do my best to lead in the manner that I see fit. Yep and encourage guys to be bold and brave and back their own ability, but also do things that occupy their time off the field as well as just playing football. I've probably got more of a holistic approach than some. Footy is a religion and a passion for so many people, but my belief, and it has been very strong for for a long time, that you need something else. Mm -hmm. If all your eggs are in one basket and that basket doesn't actually fulfill your dreams and your expectations, then what happens next? And we see so many guys who don't get the opportunity that I've had to play 12 years of football or five years of football or even one year of football. So, diversify. What's your most cherished memory of playing at Richmond? For a person who's played 12 seasons? Yeah. Only had little final success. Probably my first game was is a great memory. Yeah. You know, it was a big event that that nothing really happened. <laughs> we won, which was great, yeah. and we sang the song and and you uh, knew the words, hopefully. And I, I knew the words all right. Um. The 2001 game against Carlton, yep, will stick in my memory. Not the whole game, probably the first quarter. Right. And then the last few, probably the, when Kuda has got injured, I knew he'd won. Mm. I just thought, oh, you know, how good's this? We're, we, we're going into a preliminary final. But that final series was huge. Mm. Like, round 22, I played on James Hurd. Round one of the finals, I played on James Hurd. <laughs> <laughs> Round two of the finals, um, which was against Carlton, we we won. It was it was massive. We went to Brisbane with all the expectations, oh, and and probably the Carlton game and, and the build up to the Brisbane game were were my fondest memories because we were thinking that we were a good team and a chance of playing in a grand final. Um, and then. The season 2006 has been one of my fondest memories. Well, playing with my brother, yep. playing my 200th game, um, being married the, the year before that, um, sorry, the, the October before that, moving into a new a new phase of my life, and then capping 2006 off with having a little baby girl the you know the day after the best in fairest, Gee. was just a a 12 month period from october the 1st through to september the 22nd that was will go down in my memory as almost unsurpassed yeah. like, things were just falling in place yeah. perfectly <laughs> and it was sensational can you tell me why do you think can you encapsulate why you think richmond hasn't been successful in the 12 years or even well, in the time that you've been, no, I, I can't really because, it, because it's so ambiguous. Football's played on an oval with an oval, <laughs> <laughs> with some squares and some rectangles and some posts, and we just think it should be simple. The aim of the game is to get the ball off your boot through those big sticks. Yep. But it's so much more. But there's other ex- extraneous well, exactly. miracles. And there's an of... opposition. Yes. And when we, when I think about history, and I think, shit, you know, we played that preliminary final, and we got beaten up in Brisbane, They're Bloody Brisbane. They're the greatest team in of the last, you know, how long? Four grand finals in a row. So I wish we had have been playing. Yeah, yeah. S- St Kilda or I don't know, someone who hasn't, well, someone who's not that greatest team of the last 50 years, um, maybe, yeah. you know, 12 wins in 98 or 99, didn't get into the finals. 12 bloody wins. Mm. 12 wins after round 21, mm. and then we played Melbourne on a roll we had to beat them to get into the finals, and they—you know—they beat by five goals. And not only did we miss the finals, if we had a beat them, we would have finished third. Mm. Like, that's absurd. Um, like no rhyme or reason to it, really, is there? <laughs> and of late, it's not an excuse. It's another, another interesting fact of football, but. Like, our injuries are just compounding, you know. Not soft tissue injuries that guys come back with after three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, if you're terribly unlucky. Mm. Um, but broken bones, knees, backs, mm. ankles, repeat knees, mm. shoulders, like, all this crazy stuff that just hasn't allowed us to get the team that we have on the list playing yeah. So no, I can't give you an answer. <laughs> one more question. I, I like your um your, your symbolism of the footy ground too. It's an oval with an oval ball. Yes, it's one of the rare sports in which the shape of the ball is the same shape as the ground. Mm. Although not at the MCG, because <laughs> it's almost round. <laughs> Literally. What do you hope that? your legacy is? If Richmond supporters listen to this interview or people read the history book in 50 years time or whatever it is, and they look at, they pick up the book and they read Joel Bowden, what do you hope people remember about Joel Bowden? Well, I hope they remember that I was a good player, that was a, that I was a good person, mm-hmm. and that I am a Richmond person, and that I gave as much as I could to the club that gave me as tenfold in return. You yeah. for Richmond as a kid? <laughs> oh, come on, Red. Of course I did. <laughs> Just checking. Did you have a hero growing up? Um... In a football. Yeah. I, 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 did did have, I didn't have a Richmond hero. And I did. My hero was always my dad. Yeah. Because he was playing footy. I watched him all the time. He was, you know, he was there. Yeah. I... I, I always liked watching Gary Ablett, you know, that was great, he always beat Richmond, unfortunately.